HBCU Pulse Radio yeah. on Sirius XM Channel 142 HBCU. You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We're the number one outlet for HBCU life, talking about everything that's important to our culture, from on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio here on Sirius XM Channel 142 HBCU in the building with an amazing show on today where it's that season, it's Founders Day season. Before we do anything, I want to say happy Founders Day to the men of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, the men of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, the women of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, the women of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and the women of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Happy Founders Day to all of the amazing Divine Nine organizations that have their Founders Day observance in January. Now, of course, on HBCU Pulse, as you all might know, we do expansive Founders Day coverage for every Greek Founders Day. However, in the past six years, we haven't had a radio show. Now we do, thanks to Howard University, Sirius XM, the family. So we're going to do something a little bit different to kick off a new trend this Founders Day season. We're going to be spotlighting two specific members from each organization and interviewing them here on SiriusXM. Now, this time around, we have China Lovelace, who is a Virginia State University alumna, a woman of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and she is a writer and personality for The Shade Room, and she is also a co-host on The Shade Room's new radio show, The Shade Room Live, that they're doing in partnership with Amazon on Amazon's new social audio service, Amp. And also we're going to be interviewing Cordarius Dr. Q. Tony. He is a Howard University graduate. I'm going to say that again. A Howard University graduate. Shout out to Howard University. He also is a man of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. And he is a celebrity orthodontist that's done work with rapper Glorilla. So we have a stack show on today. So please stay tuned. We're going to start with China's interview. We had an amazing talk where we talked about her time at Virginia State University. And we got into a little bit of the shade room, what she does. How she writes stories so fast. She gets the story so quickly. And also what she believes is the impact of the shade room on the black community. So make sure to stay tuned. You're listening to HBCU Post Radio on Sirius XM. From the shade room to your news feed, we brag different. You're locked into HBCU Post, now trending worldwide. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio on Sirius XM, channel 142 HBCU. In the building, big interview today. We're celebrating Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated Founders Day. And y'all already know, if y'all know about HBCU Pulse, we gotta do it big. So I had to go out and get the biggest interview I could get. So I had to go and get China Lovelace, writer and personality on The Shade Room and a Virginia State University alumna. China, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. And, you know, shout out to you. You on, you on doing your big one on serious. <laughs> Listen, which we're trying to make it happen here. We're trying to do it big. So first and foremost, speaking of doing it big, AKA Founders Day, how are you feeling? Like yes. you out here, big AKA, how are you feeling? 
you know, I'm feeling good. You know, me and my sword out here in LA, we got a little thing we doing before Founders Day. We put a little stroll video out. So we've been prepping all, like all the past couple months. We recorded this weekend. So it's going to be really good. What made you choose Virginia State University as your HBCU? So um, I'm from the Bay Area. I'm from San Leandro, California, but I grew up in Stockton, which is about an hour from Sacramento, an hour 15 from Oakland. So I always knew I got to get out of Stockton. Ain't nothing going on here. It's the trenches, okay? And I'm from the south side of Stockton. But um, my family just always instilled education. My great-grandmother was an engineer. My mom was just like, you going to college. You know, she, she want me to do better than she did and my father did. Um, so I knew about uh, Virginia State because of BT College Hill. I never heard about it before then, but I seen the show. And I was like, oh, Virginia State lit. I'm going there. Wow. You know what's so interesting? I interviewed uh, Ray Cunningham that was on that mm -hmm. season. And I, I told him on the interview that that is my favorite season. And just mm -hmm. the intersection of how media can influence our decisions in that way, I think is, uh, yeah. is, is amazing. So let's just walk through your time at, at VSU, right? So talk about your freshman year. Uh, freshman year was lit. I mean, of course, like you go through those growing pains of having, you know, being homesick, you know, I'm from California. So that's a long way from Virginia, but um, I'm just so fortunate. My stepdad, he had family right in Chesterville County, like 15 minutes from the university. So I always had family. Um, I just build up relationships. It's like a culture shock. You know, I'm black. I come from a black, you know, community, but, you know, seeing black people that's Caribbean, West Indian, uh, African, like it's just a big melting pot. Like I'll never forget when I heard Go-Go and I was like, what is this? I've never heard this before. So it was definitely lit. Um, yeah, so I mean, freshman year, I, I, I met a, a radio personality by the name of B Sounds. He's an alpha. Um, and he told me about the Mass Comm Club. And I was a Mass Comm major. He was like, you need to be a part of this club. So I joined Mass Comm Club off the rip. I was a, a member all four years. And I joined the Virginia State University Gospel Chorale, which definitely changed my life. So what was sophomore year like for you? Well, sophomore year was a little shaky for me because honestly, I didn't take enough credit hours my freshman year to even be um, considered as a sophomore. Um, so I was still technically a freshman. All my friends were upperclassmen, so I still lived in another freshman dorm. Um, you know, I always did exceptionally well in the springtime, and in the fall, it got a little shaky. So I think sophomore year was like, okay, you need to. I had a reality check because I remember I was on academic probation. And we had did a tour of uh, the radio station, 91.3 WBST. And so I was just like, I really want to do radio. Coming into college, I knew I kind of like wanted to do media. I was like, I want to work for BET. But going to the radio station and seeing that I can do this, um, they had a program for students that I felt like, you know, there's always mass comm majors, but no one was applying there. So, so after I got on academic probation, it was a possibility. I didn't come back. Like I really like just changed everything around. And I started volunteering at the radio station from maybe like my sophomore year to past graduation. So just in, in, in looking at your story, I see that passion for radio. Like I have clearly, as you can see on Sirius XM, but like I have a huge passion for radio. So, you know, what I really want to know is that how is that passion for radio that festered in your sophomore year? Like how has that aided you in your career? Cause like you said, it started your sophomore year and you worked in radio until you graduated and even a little bit longer than that. So how is that yeah. radio skill and that passion for radio helped you in your career? Um, I just think radio showed me that you have to wear multiple hats. Like it was my first introduction at the, into the industry. So I mean, at uh, 91.3, 
Miss Williamson, who's the program director, and she's like one of the, um, you know, the professors in mass comm, you know, I stayed during like one of my winter breaks. And she was like, you know, in radio, you got to come rain, sleet, snow, thunderstorms, you got to make it. And so I just learned, you know, I'm not just the personality. I got to run the board. I got to do the logs. I got to make sure everything for my shift is like running properly. So it taught me how to run, uh, wear multiple hats. Um, I even interned at Radio Run, and so I kind of had a leg up because I'm already doing the on-air side, but I learned how to do the promotion side and do the street team and things like that. So radio was the foundation for me. Um, I don't even know, like, if I would be here without radio because I I just never thought I would be doing anything outside of radio, but because you wear so many multiple hats, it's like you have to learn so many different skill sets in media, period. Let's talk about junior year. Junior year was the only year that I stayed back and I did summer school. So I did summer school. I remember I was working at Kmart, um, catching the bus. And if you know anything about Petersburg, the buses did not run on Sundays and they stopped running during the week at like maybe seven o'clock. So I'm trying to figure out like who's going to pick me up. And, you know, I had some friends in the area, but I think that, you know, me staying there through summer school so I can catch up and graduate on time was very important. My mom was like, we coming from too far. You need to graduate in May. I want you graduate in December. Um, and I think just during that time, like I was, you know, at the radio station, volunteering, just um, owning up my skill set and just really trying to like prepare to, you know, become a senior, graduate and see what type of internships were available. What was senior year like yeah. for you? Oh, senior year was, it was a good time, but it definitely had like those moments of high stress. So at that time I was working at Capital One part-time in their call center. You know, I'm taking 26 credit hours. Um, I had failed one of my elective classes. I think it was like a psychology class or something like that. So I had failed, you know, I had got, got it together by the end of the semester. And I think I was just kind of like, you know, I had like a lot of anxiety. Like I had never had an anxiety attack, but up until like I was about to graduate, I just had like a really bad anxiety attack. Cause it's like, all I know is work in school. And so I'm applying to all of these jobs and everything like that. And I'm not necessarily hearing anything. My parents like, okay, so what you gonna do? You gonna stay in Virginia. You gonna come back home to California. So it was definitely a pivotal moment, but I definitely feel like Virginia State prepared me for everything. Like, I came too far to, like, not show up and show out my senior year. How did you feel when you walked across the stage? Uh, It was very emotional for me. Like, my great-grandmother, she's still alive. She was there. My family from Virginia, my my, um, immediate family came. Like, they actually drove from California, which is still crazy to me. Um, My best friend flew out. So, uh, it was a great moment. And actually, like, the professor... For the class that I was failing that I ended up passing, like I had seen her and I was just emotional. I was just like, just thank you for working with me because it was a struggle. But it definitely like I remember when I graduated, I felt like the world was at like my fingertips. Like I was like, I can go anywhere in the world. I can go to Milwaukee if I wanted to. And I don't know why Milwaukee was like a place that I was just like, I'm going to go to. But I just felt like anywhere I wanted to go, like I could do it. Like anything was obtainable. So I definitely felt like super, super powerful. But let's get into the main event, right? Because you work for the Shade Room, and you've worked for so many different outlets. You have, you know, so much experience. But the mm-hmm. one thing I want to really touch on is, is the fact that you get to these stories so quickly. Like, sometimes you scoop me. How do you get to these stories so quickly, and how do you put it out so quickly? Um, we just, you know, me and my colleagues, we're just always, like, scouring the web. Like, you know, we have... Uh, 
you know, different people we follow on Twitter, different news outlets. You know, I follow people on my personal page. Of course, I'm, I have all the HBCU pages. Uh, the roommates do send us stuff in the DMs. They like, Shay Room, get on this. Shay Room, why y'all ain't post this? Shay Room, y'all late. So, I mean, it's, it's multiple people on the team. It's not just me. Um, but we all just work together like, hey, Jiho Bro posted this. I'm grabbing this. Or, oh, my gosh, Jania just announced her pregnancy. I grabbed that. I'm putting this together. I'm posting on the page. So we just all, always looking to see what's out there um, and just grabbing it to, you know, make sure it's first. And, you know, sometimes with the shade room, you know, uh, for example, when someone passes away, unfortunately, we're not always in a rush to put that out because if it's a rumor circulating on the on the web, we have to make sure that it's credible. So, for example, you know, Gangsta Boo just passed away, and I was the one that had to report that. We weren't the first people to put it out because, you know, I can't just go off of what Facebook is saying. I got to see something actual and factual. So a lot of people be trying to say, you know, talk about the shade room, but we are a credible news source. So we posting something. It's credible. Let's go back to just the importance of the shade room because you said something very key about that reliable, uh, reliable information and always making sure <laughs> that you're on top of information. And yeah. I, I want to talk about the importance of the shade room because oftentimes, you know, it's called into question. And I, and I, I personally hate it because I yeah. know in what I've studied of the shade room and, you know, I look up to Angie and I look up to what you all do for how we run, how we run polls. And you always are first in, in, in information and, and you always are facilitating the conversation. And when I interviewed yeah. Angie back in 2021, uh, I asked her about the importance of the shade room. And this is what she said to give the black black culture and black people a platform to have a more complete representation. So at the end of the day, we report the positive, the negative, everything concerning black culture. And I think that that's important because you need that duality. And I think that that's mm -hmm. the brilliance of number one, black media, but also I think yeah. that's the brilliance of the shade room. But I can't say it better than you because you've been there for two years. So to yeah. you, as someone that works for the Shade Room, what is the importance of the Shade Room to the conversation and the Black community? Yeah, I think the Shade Room is very important. Um, we are the culture. We're reporting on the culture, factual. And like Angie said, we're going to show you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, you're not going to see the black excellence posts on other outlets. You're not going to see the tech posts on other outlets. You're not going to see the HBCU posts on other outlets. Um, the, the raising awareness, you know, just the social stories that people care about um, and, and just doing it with the level of reporting that you don't have to worry if it's true or not. You know, a lot of people say, well, if the shame room don't post it, I don't believe it. And that's how you know that we are a factual you're not going to see trial coverage like the shade room does on any other page. So people will say, oh, the shade room is detrimental to the black community. We're this, we're that. But we're doing what we need to do because if somebody else was doing it, y'all would be saying the same thing about them. But, um, you know, nobody is touching the shade room. We are our own. We, the standard, you know, everybody is following behind us, which is, you know, I guess. Imitation is the best form of flattery. <laughs> but um, I think that the shade room is just going to continue to grow. Um, you know, different things that are going to be coming and we just getting bigger and better. Bigger and better for sure. And I want to just say you were totally right because they posted HBCU posts on these other platforms to the Shade Room posted. We've been on there twice. I, I got I got a two-ball on, on there twice. Did interview oh. Angie Wandu and China Lovelace. Listen, legacy. Yeah. All right, we making it happen, you know? But that's, that's a great segue into the conversation about legacy. Because, you know, mm -hmm. ultimately, I think that even subliminally, 
we all want to leave a legacy that is remembered and honored. And you have yeah. like, you know, just journalistic greats such as Ida B. Wells, for example, and even, you know, you know what 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 Frederick Douglass did, you know, in, 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 in his time in the press. You know, we're that new vanguard of media, you know, so we're going to have a legacy moving forward. So for you, with the great work you're doing with The Shade Room, with your writing and your reporting and your sourcing, what do you want yeah. your legacy to be when it's all said and done? That's a hard question. Um, I just want people to know, like, I'm an HBCU girl through and through. I'm a media girl. I'm from the Bay. I rep Stockton. You know, I'm always going to put that in the forefront. I'm always going to try to move with dignity as grace as an alpha kappa alpha woman should and does. Um, and I just want y'all to see, like, I got it out the mud. Like, I have a great family, a great support system, a great circle of friends that are cheering on me, motivating me, pushing me through when times are hard, when, you know, I couldn't see the way out. Um, just know, like, I have perseverance. And, you know, I'm coming hard. Like, I feel like the stepping, not the stepping stone, the shade room is just like an introduction to the to the media for me. You know, even though I've been doing it, I haven't been doing it on a platform as this big. So I want people to be like, dang, China was on the shade room, and now she's doing, you know, something else, like something big. So I just want y'all to know, like, I'm here to stay, like, and I'm going to just take everything that I've been given and, and give it back to the community and people that's coming after me. If you're enjoying this interview, make sure to head over to HBCU Pulse YouTube and also our TV channel on the streaming service HBCU League Pass Plus. Channel 201 is HBCU Pulse TV. You'll be able to watch this full interview. We got into so many more topics, including China giving advice to current media students about how to make it in the industry. Coming up, we'll be talking to Quadarius Dr. Q. Tony. He is a Howard University graduate, a man of capital Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, and he also is a celebrity dentist that has done work with clients such as Grammy-nominated rapper Glorilla. So make sure to stay tuned. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio on Sirius XM, Channel 142, HBCU. HBCU. They know just who we are. Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back on HBCU Post Radio on Sirius XM Channel 142, HBCU. We're here with Dr. Q in the building, celebrity dentist, works with so many amazing clients. First and foremost, like I said, it is Kappa Founders Day, and you are a brother of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. How are you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling great. Let me tell y'all, I'm filled with so much, like, love, and my staff, number one, they they, they came in, Happy J5. They started me off right, you know, once I came into the office. We had a couple surgeries today. But um, just feeling the love from, like, my line brothers, my frat brothers, just the whole organization because um, one thing we build ourselves on is achievement, you know. And just being able to achieve in every field of human endeavor is, like, the number one goal for us. And, like, I'm just so elated. Number one, I'm, I'm elated to be here with you and to talk about, you know, my my home, my heart, you know, Howard University, and also my fraternity, you know, the ones, the bros, the best of the preps, the noobs, you know, the real noobs, and it, it's really good. It's been great. Today's been great. So let's get into your Howard experience. So first and foremost, I want you to just give me a summation of what your Howard University experience meant to you. So one thing I would say, coming from Tennessee, to DC was the biggest change. You know what I mean? I went up there by myself on a whim, like I want to become a doctor, 
That's what I know, you know. But in the midst of that, I ran into a lot of uh, number one newts before I even became a newt who really helped me uh, integrate myself into like Howard University in itself, you know, figuring out classes, um, just culture and things like that. But um, from my freshman year, I ran into a, a lot of great people. And I think during that college experience, it allowed me to grow and learn myself, how I thought, um, who I was as a man, as a person, the beliefs I stood on, and really connected with some amazing people, which is why Howard is just like always my heart because number one, I have my undergraduate, and then number two, I have my doctorate from the same place. You know, Howard is the place where you can be black and educated and really be prepared for the outside world. It was amazing. I, I, I loved my experience totally. Sometimes I feel like I want to go back to relive some things twice, you know, but other than that, it's been pretty great. So let's talk about that. I mean, so we're talking about Howard University and your amazing time there. Like, give me one experience at Howard that was your favorite experience that if we had a time machine, you'd love to relive. All right, you know, I, I'm not even going to lie. Uh, that we can relive the entire week after I crossed Cap Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Like, let me tell you, from the day I crossed, it was, words cannot even explain how I felt, you know, number one. And just understanding the people that came before me and those shoulders I stand on, it's just like, it, it had so much emotions to it. And let me tell you, I... Uh, Howard, you know, you can't step on Howard's campus unless you fly. You know what I mean? So I remember being fly from day one to day seven. Like, it was amazing. And coming out with my fraternity at Cap Outside Fraternity Incorporated, uh, it, it was definitely dope. Like, I can relive the day I crossed. The day I crossed was amazing. You know, um, tail club and being the tail of my line, it, it holds so much responsibility. In addition to their responsibility, we had so many uh, programs that we did at Howard University, you know, really giving back to the community around Howard, you know, because D.C. is Chocolate City. So just, you know, engulfing ourselves in the community. But in addition to that, we had so many parties, so many. Uh, we did a lot of things on the yard and just enjoying that time period was was phenomenal. So I want to mm -hmm. talk about you know, your celebrity clients. And I definitely, oh. you already know, we HBCU folks. So we're reaching out to the students. So we got to talk about Big Glow. All right. We got to oh, talk about Gorilla. Glow. You know, because you're. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. Listen, you're from Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. And Glorilla uh -huh. is one of your of your clients. And she really bigs you up. Absolutely. So talk to us about how yeah. you connected with Glorilla and started being her dentist. So. After I graduated, I've only been a doctor for about a year, and I want to say like six or seven months. I graduated in 2021, May. And after I start seeing patients, the world has started to see my work and see how I pay attention to detail, the way I create a smile, the way I design a person's smile, where I'm not just giving everybody the same thing. It's individualized treatment to where your veneers fit you. They look natural. They are enhancing your overall aesthetic as a person. So um, one of my friends gave me a call. Uh, she's uh, in Atlanta. Shout out to XO. Uh, her name is Michaela. And she owns a um, clothing brand out in Atlanta, Georgia. And she called me. She said, hey, Glow is here. And she's looking to get her teeth done. And, you know, I've seen your work. And I'm finna send her your way. You know what I mean? And after Glow, um, she took a look at my Instagram. She took a look at my TikTok. And she was like, you're the person I want to go to. 
you are the person that can design and create something that I will fall in love with that will enhance my overall aesthetic because number one, Glow is already confident, but once you got them teeth, it just took it through the roof. You know, and that's one thing I love about my profession because there were times where I wasn't confident in myself and it allows a person to see themselves in a better light. And when I tell you, Glow reached out and I was like, all right, F and F, you know, on the headlights. And I was like, she's from Memphis and I'm from Memphis. So I love being able to connect with people with similar backgrounds. So it, it, it was a match made in heaven. And like I said, God aligned that. So it was great. Hey, listen. So I remember <laughs> I was listening to The Breakfast Club, right? Because I listened to The Breakfast uh-huh. Club. Shout out to Hampton alumnus, DJ Envy. You know, the, the, the H-U situation. Yeah, but, but representation <laughs> matters. He's on The Breakfast Club. He went to Hampton. You know what I'm saying? And they, and they interviewed Glorilla, him and Charlemagne. And I want to play that moment for folks that didn't hear it, where Glorilla okay. shouted you out, really just in a regular <laughs> conversation where Charlemagne had complimented her veneer. So let's check it out. That's a great veneer job. <laughs> I didn't know you had veneers. So you For said real? it's just not no. Because usually new veneers, new artists with veneers be big. <laughs> Yours look Shout out regular. Dr. Who? Dr. Q, he from Memphis. Dr. Okay. Q? Man, that shot I was so, he was like, Dr. Who, Dr. Q. Like, so how did it feel, you know, just getting that shout out on nationally syndicated radio, The Breakfast Club? Every time someone compliments my work, I'm filled with joy. I'm filled with nothing but gratitude because without God, I wouldn't be here to really bring somebody's smile to life. But that interview in particular was pivotal because I'm building my own office, right? And with me building my office, I'm like, I'm like, God, I want to hear a sign from you. And that interview just dropped randomly. And the good thing I'm going to say about anybody and whatever you do in life, when you do good work, people would notice it. You know, it wasn't on a pamphlet like, let's bring up her teeth at the Breakfast Club. It, he was like, oh, my gosh, your teeth just look great. And I was just filled with love. I don't know if I shed a tear or not, but I was just like, bro, like, I, I text Glow. We, we, we were talking. I was like, Glow, that's crazy. She was like, I love my teeth, Doc. Like, these are amazing. Like, you're my dentist for life. And I was like, I love you so much. And I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. If you're enjoying this interview, make sure to head over to HBCU Post YouTube and HBCU League Pass Plus to watch the full interview with Dr. Q. We get into so many more topics, such as his time post-graduation at Howard University's College of Dentistry. Make sure to stay tuned. We're going to go on and close the show out. You're listening to HBCU Post Radio on Sirius XM. HBCUs are more than a trend. Yeah. We're forever a part of the culture. HBCU Pulse always has you on lock. From the shade room to your favorite news feed. And now, on your TV and radio. We are are, are the number one outlet for HBCU culture. Follow HBCU Pulse on social media. And visit HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it on today. Once again, two amazing interviews. If you all want to see the full interview, make sure to head over to HBCU Post YouTube and also HBCU League Pass Plus. We're channel 201, but you'll also be able to watch the interview on demand. You can download HBCU League Pass Plus on your smart TV 
or on your phone via the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. But outside of that, thank you so much for tuning in to the show on today. Make sure to follow me on my personal page if you want to see what's going on in my life uh, at Arthur Randall B on Twitter and Instagram. And always make sure to tap in with HBCU Pulse so you can know about what's going on in HBCU life and culture. We'll see you next week. Like what you hear? Yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank Thank you you for for listening listening to HBCU HBCU Pulse Pulse Radio. Radio.